Hello and welcome to Piece of Me Inside Zalando. Why is this podcast called Piece of Me? Well, we ask each of our guests to bring along three items that are important to them. These pieces of me can be absolutely anything at all, but each one has a valuable lesson attached or an important story to tell. My name is Janine Matos, and I am a senior program manager for Partner Services. This podcast series is all about taking a look behind the scenes into fashion and tech retail. It's a world that is challenging, constantly evolving, and always rewarding. We create the most fulfilling chapters of our working lives together. We'll give you the tools and tactics to succeed in fashion and tech retail and find out more about leading figures in the industry as they discuss their piece of me. On this episode, I'm talking to Francis Jones from Zalando's Corporate Affairs Department, where he leads the internal communication team. Hi, Francis. How are you? Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks uh, for having me. Can you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Francis, Francis Jones. I am originally from New Zealand, which you can maybe tell from my accent, but I've been living 14, almost 15 years here in Berlin. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. I mean, you are like a mini celebrity, let's say, within Zalando. That's, that's very kind of you. Um, yeah, I don't know quite what to say to that. Uh, yeah, I do appear every so often in front of the camera. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, sure. I'm excited as well. Tell me, what are the three items that you brought for me today? So my three items that I brought in today, one being a communications professional, I thought, why not talk about my phone and what it means to me? I think that's something that everyone can relate to. And then I brought in my bike. Well, figuratively, I brought it in. It's not in this recording booth with me. I'll talk about my bicycle and why it means a lot to me. And then finally, I actually bought something that probably does have a bit of sentimental value. Uh, It's this wind-up toy. So I'll explain more about why I brought that later. So I'm really excited to hear more about that third piece specifically. But before we dig in into the three items that you brought in, I would really like to know what does a typical day look like for you working in the corporate affairs department? Well, I think it's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, no two days are really the same. And I think that maybe has a lot to do with where we sit in the organization. We have a lot of contact with teams across the company. So I think all those different types of roles, responsibilities, projects, initiatives that come to us, whether it be for support or just consultation or advice, it makes no two days the same. I think the one thing that finds its way into every day is, yeah, my team. I lead a small team and what fills up most of my day is helping them be as great as they can be. And they're a great little team and we're very proud of um, some of the work we do together. So you said that two days are totally different to each other in your daily work. What are the parts that are the tasks that you enjoy most doing that excites you most? Well, I think for me personally, the most enjoyable and exciting part of my role is supporting and steering my team. There's nothing better really in your career than shared success. I think that's probably the most enjoyable part for me. I used to play a lot of team sports. And so I think, yeah, that's maybe where it comes from. The most exciting moments, I think, are when we get to the big communication events. For instance, we hold this group all hands three times a year. And yeah, we have between six to 7,000 people watching those. So we always want to make that hour really, really valuable for as many people as possible. That's an exciting uh, project to work on. I think we've seen the numbers grow and grow in terms of the attendance. So although we're not doing everything right, it seems like we're doing something right. Is one of your goals in your team actually making sure that Everything that we communicate first goes through your desk 
No, I would say we support where we can. We can't and we shouldn't be in control of every communication that's happening across Orlando. And I think maybe that's a, a great part of the company is that people take the initiative, publish themselves on some of these platforms. They hold their own all hands. They hold their own Q&A sessions. They hold their own deep dives. Yeah, we help out where we can, where we think we have the most impact. And like I say, it's probably those bigger moments like group all hands where we do our best work and where we can provide the most value for the company. And what would you actually say are challenges that you have in your daily work? You know, Zalando's a large company. I mean, there are bigger companies, but we're, we're pretty large. But we're also quite complicated. You know, we're not just a software company. We're not just a fashion company. We're not just an operations company. We have so many different job families, different teams, different locations, different types of colleagues. The diversity of Zalando, you know, is in many, many facets. So, when you think about internal communication and how you know to extend the reach and how to reach people in a way that resonates with them and is clear to them, that is one of the biggest challenges, yeah, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, we're always kind of experimenting with different ways to reach new audiences. Okay, but now let's look at the three pieces that you brought. And the first one you mentioned was your phone. Yeah, it's... Uh... I guess it's a universal item that so many people have as part of their lives. But, you know, when I was thinking, what can I talk about? What means something to me? I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, as a communications professional, this phone, it's just an incredible device, right? When you think about it, I grew up with only landlines. The first phone I ever used was one of those rotary phones, right? That goes tick, 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 tick. I remember those, yeah. So that's, that's how old I am. So I'm part of that generation that, you know, didn't have the internet in its pocket. But like I say, as a communications professional and as someone who's very curious, you know, I have a question, I can have that answered in a matter of, you know, 20 seconds. I'm also really big into history. So when I think back, uh, you know, into human history, I think that is kind of crazy that you have just that source of knowledge in your pocket and, you know, the immediacy with which you can have a question answered, have your curiosity satisfied. And I find that I'm quite a curious person, tend to go off into YouTube rabbit holes just to learn about things that I didn't know before. And yeah, this phone makes it all possible. Was there something, some topic, because you start digging deeper that you actually learned that you were not aware of? Yeah, I was learning a bit more actually about this artist, Hilma A.F. Klimt. Don't know if I'm saying her name correctly. She was a very interesting artist. Um, I think Swedish, yeah, yeah, in the early 20th century, kind of went on her own spiritual journey and you can see it in her art. And yeah, she's fascinating. And so I was just diving into a little bit into her biography, um, whether it's art or history or Ikea. <laughs> I'll go down the rabbit hole on anything. <laughs> that is our one true communication tool that everyone has for social media, for communication, for news. Yeah, it's it, it packs so many different communication mediums into one, whether it's podcasts, video, whether it's text. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wondrous device, actually. And even though it's part of our everyday life, occasionally I step back and think, well, for good and for bad, this phone means a lot. So let's go from the first item to the second item. Yeah, what can I say? Why a bike? I think it's actually quite close to why my phone, because it does enrich my life, the phone for good and bad, but the bike is almost entirely positive, right? I think it's 
really, really good to, uh, you know, get to A to B in a very pragmatic way. But it also is great, obviously, physical health, mental health as well. And it also, just like the phone, is a kind of vehicle for my curiosity. I have lost count of the times where I've just got on the bike and cycled off in a direction. And I wouldn't say I got lost. I know the city very well. But yeah, it just took me to places that I hadn't been before, showed me things that I hadn't seen before. Like I said, I also really like history. So Berlin is full of history, really right on the surface. So coming across small historical moments, objects, artifacts, relics, yeah, the bike makes it all possible. So whether it's commuting very pragmatically to work or just aimlessly riding off into the city, this bike has been, yeah, a really positive part of my life. But it has also nearly killed me. Gosh. Okay, that was... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, of course, you know, if you're not watching out, you know, the world around you will occasionally remind you that you are mortal and you should probably pay more attention. And yeah, with this bike, I did go over the front of a Mercedes and landed on the other side. It was very spectacular, um, but I was fine. If you're listening, wear a helmet and yeah, always be aware. That was a moment that uh, one of those kind of life flashes before your eyes moments. I hope I don't have too many of those. Thankful you're sitting here and you look pretty much healthy that it all went well. So Berlin is a great city to to ride your bike. I totally know what you mean. And I really like that. Like Harry said, you get lost without getting lost. You just get to see new corners of the city. What was the last part, let's say, in or around Berlin that you actually found out by just strolling around by bike that like surprised you? Well, you yeah, haven't been here for quite a while. I've seen quite a few parts of Berlin. One part that really amazed me is a small little area called Alt Lubaz, which is in the north of the city, which if you get to Alt Lubaz, it really feels quite like a small village, even though it's still within the city limits. So you can kind of pretend to yourself that you are out in the countryside. And yeah, it's a really nice ride, actually. You can follow the Berlin Mauerweg, the, you know, where the former Berlin Wall used to run. And you can essentially just go all the way from Prenzlauer Berg about 20 kilometers up to Altubaz, and that was a place when I discovered it. I was pretty uh, pleased with myself, and I've been back quite a few times, so maybe that's a small tip for any cyclists or adventurers out there. Francis, before we go into the third item, you mentioned quite often curiosity as a word with your phone and with the bike. So is curiosity and learning more and broadening your knowledge really part of your like life philosophy is it something you really like to dig into yeah I, i don't know if i'd call it a life philosophy that's probably being maybe too generous but yeah i think i'm a very curious person i'm constantly fascinated by the world around me and the people around me as i mentioned very into history i studied history all through university and that is essentially just looking back and in, into the past and wondering why people were doing what they're doing and what were the consequences. I mean, I think it was my curiosity that took me off in that direction. And, you know, Europe, for instance, is a great place to be curious in because it's just very diverse. No two cities are alike, it feels like. I come from New Zealand, which is a, stuck away in the corner of the world. It's a wonderful place, but uh, you have to fly three hours and then you're in Australia, which is very similar to New Zealand in many respects. Uh, maybe my curiosity also brought me to Europe. So yeah, whether it's the phone, my bike, or just, you know, during my day today, I think curiosity is a big part of and my enjoyment of life, I would say, just following threads that, that seem interesting. And sometimes they lead nowhere, but sometimes they lead to, yeah, very interesting conclusions. I mean, with your history studies background, and now being in the internal comms department, you have to be communicative, you have to 
ask questions, you have to research. I mean, otherwise, how will you satisfy that curiosity? One thing also leads to the other, right? Actually, at Zalando, I see curiosity every day in every team. I think people are just interested in, okay, how can we make things better? It's it's a interest in the future. It's an interest in changing things. It's an interest to learn and to see how something might be improved or optimized or something entirely new invented. I think that fits very well with the purpose of the company, right? We're trying to reimagine fashion for the good of all. And if you're a very young company like uh, Zalando is, I think curiosity, along with you know a few other traits, yeah, kind of at the the heart of growth, really, and, and innovation and trying something new. Now comes that third item, some kind of metal spider. I don't know what is that. <laughs> yeah, so the phone, everyone has one. Bike. Most people have one. This is a uh, wind-up toy that I brought from my collection of wind-up toys. Basically, it's connected back to my father. My father used to, or maybe even still does, uh, he collected spinning tops. They're like kids' favorite toy back in the 16th century or something like that. But they're still around. And he collected them. And, you know, they used to come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And they'd, so they'd be around the house and... You know, me and my brother would play with these spinning tops and some were great and some just didn't work. They were unbalanced, but they came in a lot of different forms. And yeah, we found them kind of fascinating. We were you know, two digital kids growing up with television and then computers. And so the spinning top was like a, from another world. But then as I got you know older myself and I was thinking about what that meant to him and also what it meant to me and how it was this kind of fun analog selection of items i thought wow that was cool what what could i collect and then i started seeing these wind-up toys everywhere not a particular kind but just yeah wind-up toys and i thought oh that looks fun and i wound one up and it went crazy and it made me laugh and there's something very uh, innocent i don't know very childish but very fun about wind-up toys and some of them are actually kind of fascinating in terms of how they're uh, constructed once you are on the lookout for them, you find them in places everywhere. You find these cheap plastic ones at the airport, for instance, or you find some very nice ones at a French flea market, or you find this one, I think. I bought this maybe at a Berlin flea market in Friedrichshain, I think. I mean, all of them are absurd. I think that's the thing. Like, they don't actually do anything for me besides make me laugh. So are these, just to make sure that everyone understands and I understand correctly. Yeah, you wind it up. You wind it up and then they start walking and like... One of them, you know, it's a rabbit and it claps symbols together. One of them I have that's a breakdancing bear. Another monkey playing the drums. Another is a, a gorilla that does a backflip. Uh, I mean, I could go on. <laughs> um, but this one here is like a spider with eight legs. Well, actually with four legs. So it's a four-legged spider. It kind of looks a bit freaky. And this one just, um, hold on, let me wind it up. <laughs> All right, you let it loose and it just, that's all it does. It has little shoes on it even. That's amazing. So it does nothing but just make me laugh. That, that was my third item. I really like that actually you said because your dad used to collect the spinners. Yeah, so spinning tops. Some people collect bikes, as we talked about. Some people collect art. I collect uh, something that's thankfully much more inexpensive than art. It's, yeah, these wind-up toys. Yeah, it's some nice memories actually. And um yeah, some moments of joy. What can I say? 
you know that now you are living rent free in my head because now every time I'm going to see a wind up toy, I'm going to think of you. They're uh, they're, they're like a device from a from a different time, and it seems that screens take so much of our time. This is something that's very tangible and um, very very fun. Thank you so much, Francis, for sharing those three items with us. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I enjoyed chatting about these pieces with you, and yeah, I look forward to listening to some of the other podcasts and what people have chosen as well. Yeah, we have a huge variety. It's really interesting. So everyone stay tuned and listen in to the other episodes if you haven't yet. Francis, it was a really pleasure to have you today with us. Thanks for having me. And thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about our careers at Zalando, go to jobs.zalando.de. Our next episode is coming in two weeks. And I'll be talking to another guest from Inside Zalando about life inside the fashion and tech retail industry. And of course, there are three pieces of me. In the meantime, visit our Instagram page, Inside Zalando, to know more about us. I'm Janine, your host. Thank you so much. Thank you.